I want to do is uh, I'm going I'm to share something that is uh, a message that is uh, really part of the DNA of this house, is like really um, uh, a huge core value of this house, and something that I teach a lot on when I travel, but I haven't really, I realized I hadn't really shared this message uh, in, in, in our house in a, in a while. Um, and let me just see a show of hands. We, we like to do this once in a while. How many of you are like new to our environment? Like you've been, you've been coming to our church for less than a year. Just raise your hand nice and high where you are. Okay. How many of you have been coming for uh, just less than uh, 18 months? Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to change my message right now, um, like on the spot. No, not really. Um, but I'm going to share something that um, some of you have heard before. It will be new for some of you. And really what I want to talk about is I want to talk about being a prophetic people. Um, those that have been around our house for any length of time know that we're a prophetic church. We believe in the prophetic. That's We have prophetic teams almost every single Sunday, you know, available for people, visitors. And once a month, we just open up to all of Kingdom Life if you want a prophetic word. By the way, who has been blessed by our prophetic teams just on Sundays? Can we just thank our prophetic teams? Just who's been blessed by prophetic word on a, you know, on a Sunday? You've gotten prophetic ministry. Um, and Diane, hasn't she got, done a great job just organizing and coordinating and helping to lead our, our prophetic teams. Can we just thank God for Diane as well? She's doing, she's doing such a great job. And uh, she, she does what like, we like to call, she makes Kelly and I look like a genius <laughs> um, because she's smarter than we are at a lot of things. So we're like, can you do that? And she's like, yeah, I can make that happen. Um, but she's just, just a blessing to us. Um, but I wanna talk about being a prophetic people. And if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm gonna read um, actually from the NIV tonight. In 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 1, while you're turning there, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and, uh, and he's really giving them instructions on what the Bible calls spiritual gifts, okay? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting in verse 1, Paul says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Everybody say desire. And then he goes on, and he says, but especially prophecy. Verse 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue, in other words, speaks in heavenly language, the gift of tongues, does not speak to people, but to God himself. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Verse 3, but the one who prophesies, everybody say prophesy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Verse 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, for, uh, for some people that have been around, like, the church for any length of time, especially, like, kind of charismania, you know, Pentecostal charismatic churches, whatever you call us, uh, there's kind of, you know, for some of us, there's actually um, a little bit of a fear when it comes to the prophetic. Um, and for some people, there can be, like, a little bit of a, uh, an apprehension. Maybe you've had a bad experience. Maybe you've seen people actually prophesy in a really weird way. Um, by the way, how many of you know the Holy Spirit's not weird? I mean, like, God will do things that make us feel uncomfortable sometimes. He will uh, do things that are outside our box, outside of our comfort zone. But the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's the creator of all things. He's the, it's like, I like to tell people, like, he's not weird. And let me just say this, too. The Holy Spirit's not boring. God is not boring. Um, listen, if you're, I like to tell people, if you're bored in your relationship with God, the issue is not with God. <laughs> 
Like, it's never him, okay? Like, maybe you're boring. No, it's like, but I, I like to tell people that, but, but here's the deal. The Holy, like, some of us have had bad experiences with the prophetic. Maybe it's like somebody that says they're prophetic and really what they do is they show up at a church gathering like this. And it's like, okay, they're gonna, they're gonna prophesy now. The prophet, the man of God is gonna prophesy. And all of a sudden he starts calling people out asking them to stand up and he starts like telling them all the sins and issues and things that are wrong with them like who wants to be in that meeting (laughs) you know and it's like as soon as he starts doing that like everybody starts like repenting of everything that they can think of maybe if I repent fast enough he won't call it out you know I like to propose to you that that is not New Testament prophetic ministry and as as we just read it says this it says the one who prophesies speaks for the purpose of encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. Edification, say edification. And that basically means to strengthen, to build up, to edify and comfort. Everybody say comfort. So I love, love, love that we are in a new covenant in relationship with Jesus Christ. And how many of you know that the Bible says the new covenant is a better covenant? And the reason it's a better covenant, one of the reasons is because I believe in the person of Jesus Christ, we see the full expression of who God is. In the Old Testament, we might get glimpses of who God is, and it's not that it is an inaccurate picture of God. I'd like to just say it's not a complete picture of who he is. We see the complete and full picture of what God is like in the person of Jesus Christ. And all night we've been singing, Joey's been talking about. It's like the theme of, of tonight, and really the theme of our house, is we have a good father. We have a good God. And we tell people all the time, he's not just good, he's way better than you think he is. And in that, when you have that revelation, when it comes to prophetic ministry, the New Testament prophetic ministry is always going to put God's nature on display, and God is always good. That's why New Testament prophetic ministry speaks encouragement, edification, and comfort to the people that you're talking to. Now listen, that doesn't mean that in the prophetic there's never room for correction, that there's never room for redirection, but let me just say this. Whenever the Lord brings correction or even conviction, it always comes with hope attached to it. It always comes with, with, again, a revelation of God's good. It's like when God points out our issues, and I don't believe that we should ever point out somebody's issues in a crowd. I believe we do it in relationship, we do it one-on-one, we do it in love. But I really believe that even when God brings correction or conviction of something that we're doing that we shouldn't do, it's never like I'm going to beat you up and tell you, tell you all your issues and tell you how bad you're doing. It always has hope attached to it. And it always looks a little something like, hey, come here for a minute. You're way too amazing to be acting that way. Let me just remind you who you are. Come here. And it does, he doesn't push us away. He draws us in. He dusts us off like a good father and reminds us who we really are with love in his eyes, with, with hope attached to the correction that he brings to us. And it, and it always puts his love on display. Does that make sense? That's not what I'm, talk, I'm preaching on, but I will say this. New Testament prophetic ministry is always encouraging, edifying, and comforting. And here's the deal. I don't believe it's just in kingdom life. We are a prophetic church, but I really believe that God wants to raise up a prophetic company in the body of Christ like never before with words of life, words of hope, words of love, words that put his nature on display. Like we are God's plan A for planet earth and he doesn't have a plan B. And one of the ways that he uses his sons and daughters to put his nature on display, to see the kingdom advance both in the church and outside the church in our cities is through this thing called prophetic ministry. 
And what I want to do tonight is I just want to lay a little bit of a foundation. It's going to be, it's going to be practical. It's going to be scriptural. Uh, I'm going to encourage you, whether you're seasoned in the prophetic or brand new to the prophetic, I really believe tonight is going to be a reminder for some to keep going, keep prophesying, keep hearing God's people, voice for the people around you. And if it's brand new to you, I believe it's going to be an invitation to step into something that's available, and that is hearing God's voice, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. So I just want to talk about, um, for a few minutes, being a prophetic people. And uh, if they're, just in case, there's one or two people that are like, what the heck is the prophetic anyway? To prophesy is simply to speak, to hear God's voice and speak his word to a person or a group of people. It's just, it's to hear from God, whether it's a scripture that he makes come alive in the moment and, and you speak it to somebody and it's exactly what they need to hear in that moment, or it's a picture that God gives you. Uh, for somebody, maybe a picture in your mind's eye. Maybe it's just an impression. One of the ways that I hear God lately, I go through seasons where I hear him in different ways. Lately, one of the ways that I hear God is just this knowing in my knower is the only way that I can. It's an impression. It's not a vision. It's not a audible voice. It's just a knowing in my knower. And, and honestly, as I, as I mature in the prophetic, sometimes the more we mature in the Lord and hearing his voice, like the more we actually have to go by faith. <laughs> the more his voice can actually sound like my voice. And that's why I just need to step out in faith and just step out and release it. And let me just share something really practical as well. In our culture, we don't prophesy by saying, thus saith the Lord. You know, Jesus didn't talk in old English, <laughs> you know, but, and, and by the way, the only reason that prophets in the Old Testament actually declared their, their words by saying, thus saith the Lord, or, you know, this is what God says, is they knew they were messengers, and messengers in that culture, in, in the, in, during the Old Testament era, if, if like a representation of a king or an evangel, an evangelist, a messenger of a king, was going to go give a message to, to another king or to another city, they would run with this message, and they would run into the city saying, this is what king so-and-so says, and they would declare the message. So the Old Testament prophets were actually just mirroring the culture that they were in, except they knew God was the, the ultimate king and he was bringing a message to his people. Does that make sense? So we don't say, thus saith the Lord. We, don't, we just basically, as we're learning to prophesy, we like to just really come in low and be really, really humble and say, hey, I feel like God is saying this. Because here's the deal. The moment you say, I feel like God is saying, you're submitting something to them to actually bring before the Lord and actually pray about it, because how many of you know they have their own relationship with God? You're not their Holy Spirit. So that's why we say, I feel like God is saying, I'm, I'm gonna submit this to you, and you can pray about it, right? Because the moment you say, God is saying this, or God says this, it's like, no questions asked. Like, who am I gonna argue, you know, who am I to argue with God? Now, I understand that, like, prophets, and as people mature in the prophetic, they might be more like, well, God's saying this, and I, and I really believe the word of the Lord is this, and I'm fine with that. But as, we, as we're starting out in this thing called the prophetic, we just encourage you to just say, I feel like God is saying, and submit it to them. Does that make sense? That's the way we train our teams. That's the way we train in the prophetic. But what I want to do is I just want to lay a quick foundation, and uh, the first thing that I want to say is this. Seems really, really obvious, but really, really important. And that is this. Paul exhorts the church in Corinth to desire, and not just desire, but desire 
earnestly. It means to want really, really, really bad, to be zealous for. He says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Let me just say this. I don't believe that we can properly fulfill our mandate to make disciples of people and make disciples of cities, make disciples in nations without us receiving and flowing in what Paul calls spiritual gifts. Now, I was talking about strengthening yourself in the Lord uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about the gift of praying in the Spirit. And I said, listen, that's a gift that God has given us to strengthen ourselves in God. And I said this. I said, if you have the gift of tongues, of praying in the Spirit, and you don't do it on a regular or semi-regular basis, you are only accessing a portion of the strength that's available to you in the Spirit. I believe that. It's a gift given for a purpose, and that's to build ourselves up. Well, I believe when it comes to the prophetic, if, if a church or the body of Christ at large isn't embracing and flowing in this thing called prophetic ministry, I believe we are only tapping into a portion. Or let me just say this, we are missing out on a huge part of the strength and encouragement and the life that's available to us in the church. How many of you have received a prophetic word before and it like just, it completely changed your life? Just raise your hand. Like I'm talking, it spoke so, so deeply to your heart that it's like it changed everything. Like after that, you felt different. Maybe you felt lighter. Maybe you felt just this destiny. I've received prophetic words that literally about my destiny that when it was released, there was such a supernatural power on the word that it's like it got inside of me. And from that day forward, I was never the same. It's like I became, it was a seed. And it's like I became pregnant with destiny. Like I, 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 like, I believed it so much and I connected faith to it that it actually became a part of who I was. That's what the prophetic is supposed to do for us. It's supposed, it's supposed to get on the inside of us. And, uh, and listen, I know some, some prophetic words have a greater impact than some, than some but and it doesn't mean the one that has a smaller impact isn't from God. But, I am, but my point is this, we need the prophetic in the body of Christ. So Paul said, desire earnestly spiritual gifts but especially, say especially, that you might prophesy. So a key to being a prophetic people, by the way, we're not all called to be prophets, but we are all called to prophesy, I believe, to hear God's voice for the, for the people around us. A key is that we desire spiritual gifts. I remember I got saved in, um, in a church that was experiencing, you've heard my story, that was experiencing revival, experiencing outpouring of the Spirit in Canada. And I was watching people prophesy all over the place. And it was just, it was amazing. I was getting prophetic ministry. I was watching people prophesy. Our pastor would pull up prophetic teams in front of the church and they'd start prophesying over people in the crowd. And I was like, this is amazing. And I was a brand new Christian and I was watching it. And it's like, I became, I started to desire these spiritual gifts. It's like I started to, some translations say, to covet spiritual gifts. And it's like I started to see people moving in this, and I was like, God, I want to do that. The anointing that that person's flowing in, like, I want that for my life. I want, I want to move in that type of prophetic grace. And, and I was watching them do it. And I remember going to my um, pastor at the time, and his name was Steve. And I was like, Steve, I'm watching these people prophesy, but, and I want to do it too. But how do I know that it's actually God speaking? And it's not something that I'm just kind of like making up, like, what if I'm wrong? Basically, there was this fear, like, what if I'm wrong? And he said something really, really profound. He goes, well, the word that you're getting or that you think you're getting, like, is it encouraging? Is it an encouraging word? And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're good words. They're encouraging. He goes, well, if you're wrong, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to be encouraged. 
It's like he was super practical, you know? I was like, good point. And what, what he did is he kind of like just took the pressure off. And I like what Dan McCollum says. He says, if you think you're getting a word for somebody, first try it out on yourself. <laughs> like try it out on you. And if you're like, I don't really like that word. <laughs> like maybe you shouldn't give that word. You know what I'm saying? Like try it out on yourself. And if you don't like it, like maybe pray about it a little bit more or like stick it on the shelf. But he's like, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to be encouraged. And uh, so it kind of like, it just, it just took all the pressure off. But what I did is I started believing that I could hear God too. From a place of desiring and longing to do it, I asked God for the gift and then I started flowing it. So first thing I want to say is just desire. It's okay to want it. And I remember during that time, I would hear people say, you know, seek the giver, not the gifts. You know, have you ever heard that phrase? Sounds really noble, really like spiritual. It's just not biblical. Because <laughs> Paul actually said to desire spiritual gifts. He said, pursue love, which, which, you know, we need to do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 13. Next chapter, he says, by the way, keep pursuing love, but also desire spiritual gifts. The good news is we get to do both. And I believe there is a generation crying out for spiritual reality. So we need to desire these things so we can put God's nature on display. The second key that I want to share is this. Because New Testament prophetic ministry is encouraging, one of the ways that we can start to lean, lean into at least or start, start to cultivate our prophetic anointing, it's going to sound really practical but really key, is just make it a goal to be a really, really encouraging person. Dan McCollum likes to say, encouragement is the mother tongue of the Holy Spirit. And I have found that as I just be intentional about encouraging somebody, I might not even think I have a word for them. I just start to encourage them. I could just be like, you know what? I just, I just see the strength in like, it's like I've like Jamie Lynn and, and, uh, and Lance back here. Like I, I don't know Jamie Lynn like a ton. Like I've, I've had a few conversations, ran into her, ran into a couple, um, ran into her in some coffee shops, recommended some coffee shops to her. And, and, uh, and, and I, know, I, know, I know her enough in the natural to just know that she's, uh, she's really personable. Like she's, she's kind of a bubbly person. She's, she's really, really friendly. She's really, really confident. And, uh, and I also know just in the natural, just from conversations that she's also a prophetic person. Like she hears God's voice with people around her and she prophesies. See, I can encourage her just by um, looking at her and saying, saying, Jamie Lynn, I've noticed that you're just, you're such a you're such an, you have such an outgoing personality. It's like you've never met a stranger. I see you walk into coffee shops and like everybody's your friend. And uh, it's just, it's just this, this confidence, this uh, personableness about you. And I just, I just love that about you. And I can just encourage her with that. But as, as I'm encouraging her, the Lord might just start to unlock some more behind that encouragement. It's almost like this. It's almost like the Holy Spirit smells encouragement. <laughs> and he's like, is that, is that encouragement I hear over there? And it's like, and it's like he comes over. He's like, Chuck's speaking my language to Jamie Lynn. I'm going to get behind his words. And then he can just start to unlock some things. And I can be like, Jamie, I know in the natural that she's also a prophetic artist. But, uh, I, can, but I, I can just, knowing these things, the Lord might just start to release some more. But I'll, and then I can kind of shift into prophecy. And I can say, 
Jamie, I believe that because of your even childlikeness and your childlike faith and the fact that like you're not intimidated by people, even people that are much older than you, even people that have been around ministry for a really, really long time, I believe the Lord is making you a voice um, even to people in ministry where you're gonna actually mother people that are even years and years and years beyond you and even more experienced. And because of your humility and your, uh, how, how can I put it? The fact that you're not intimidated by title, you're not intimidated just by, by, by people's status. Because of that, the Lord is gonna entrust to you. It's kind of like King David says. He's, he says, you have, you have put me, I will, I will stand before kings and not be ashamed. And I feel like the Lord is even gonna open doors. And I know you're living in San Antonio now, but I feel like specifically, maybe here too, but specifically in Dallas, I see the Lord opening doors for you to be a prophetic voice to entrepreneurs, to business people, to even CEOs, even other artists. It's, and there's even this anointing for prophetic consulting where it's like almost like you're gonna be a prophetic life coach. And I see you just sitting down and just kind of having dialogue and, and through prophetic revelation and moving in the spirit of counsel and understanding, you're even gonna give give prophetic direction to organizations. And I just bless you with that and release that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, but see, we can, we can all do this just by making it a goal to be encouraging, you know, just by encouraging people. And so I want to I wanna encourage you, make it a goal to be the most encouraging person on planet earth. You know, Reward, uh, my friend Reward just traveled with me um, to Canada and I activated him to prophesy and to release healing over people. And although he's spoken in front of a lot of people before, he hasn't done a lot of prophetic ministry in that type of ministry, so, but he wanted to come because he wanted to get activated in that and like I put him to work. But I was like, he, he was like, bro, I've never done this before, but I'm just gonna step out and I'm gonna go for it. And he did amazing, but you know what I told him? I'm like, bro, you're gonna do amazing because you're just such an encourager anyway. Like, he's the type of guy that when you just get around him, like, he just, he just starts, like, telling you all the things he loves. And it's not flattery. You can tell the difference. He's just, he's an encourager. Anybody that knows him, you just get around him and you get encouraged because he carries a spirit of encouragement. I want, to, I want to encourage you, become an encouraging person. And, and then before you know it, you're going to be prophesying and you might not even realize it. Does that make sense? What would happen if every time we even we came together on a Sunday... You came to receive, you know, experience worship, receive the message, get ministry. But what if every time we came together, we all asked God, like, who's the one, two, three people that just need a word of encouragement tonight? Because how many of you know we are the body of Christ? We need one another. And part of living in community is prophesying over one another. You don't need to wait for a microphone. You don't need to wait, you know, to be on a prophetic team. You can just come on a Sunday night and say, God, Who's the one or two people? And some of you are so good at this. Just during worship, you'll scan the room and, and like God will highlight somebody and you'll just go over to them and you'll start to not just pray for them, but begin to prophesy over them. But you know what? It might just be a word of encouragement. It might be something as simple as, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I just, I feel like the Lord wants you to know you're gonna be okay. You're gonna get through this. I remember one Sunday night, Anna and I were, were going through a difficult time and, and Joey came over and he, he put his arm around me and he did it to Anna too. And uh, he could tell that it was just a rough day. He could tell that we were walking through something. And he said, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna get through this. And just the words on his voice just began to bring comfort to my heart. It just began to settle me down. So don't always think that you need to have this profound, you know, somebody's date, birthday, what, they, what their dog had for breakfast. It may, it may be, listen, you're gonna get through this. 
a word of encouragement. But then as you practice that, the Lord is going to start to bring a revelation. He's going to start to bring it deeper. He's going to start to bring more specific words. Does that make sense? So number one, desire spiritual gifts. Number two, be intentional about being encouraging. Uh, the third thing that I want to share is this. As we, as we grow and develop this thing called the prophetic, as we become a prophetic people, we really need to believe that our words are powerful. Everybody say, my words are powerful. Now turn to the person beside you and say, your words are powerful. <laughs> say it like you mean it. <laughs> Listen, you know, the most powerful people, the most powerful men and women that I know are men and women who actually believe their words are powerful. One of my mentors used to say, to, to the person that believes their words are powerful, their words are powerful. And there's something about just believing. Like, what if we just believed? The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of me. And therefore, when I speak a word of encouragement, words of life, a prophetic word, like the very DNA of God, the substance of the Holy Spirit is actually writing on my words. What if we actually believe that? I started practicing when I, when I taught on healing a couple weeks ago. I started doing this thing where I, when I pray for the sick, because I'm the body of Christ, same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. It says in John, as he is, Jesus, seated at the right hand of God, so are you in the world. As he is, so are you in the world. We are the body of Christ. So I started doing this thing that whenever I pray for the sick, I like picture and I imagine it's as though Jesus is laying hands on those people. It's not because I'm Jesus, but it is because I'm the body of Christ. And as he is, so am I in the world. What if we attach that same faith to our words? Our words of encouragement, our prophetic words. What if we believe that when we speak, the very substance of heaven is riding on our words and God's backing up what I say? We need to believe that our words are powerful. In Proverbs 18, 21, you know it. It says, death and life are in what? Are in the power of the tongue. Now, we read that sometimes, and we're like, okay, death is in the power of the tongue. I need to make sure that I don't speak word curses. I'm not negative. I don't tear people down. That's true. But what if we also had a conviction that life is in the power of the tongue, and then we get to release life everywhere we go? We get to unlock destinies through our words of encouragement, through our prophetic words. It's really, really, really important that we understand that our words are extremely powerful. Because when we speak, things happen. I love this. In uh, Ephesians 4.29, it says this. Paul said, do not let any corrupt word come out of your mouth. That's kind of like death and life are in the power of the tongue. So don't let words of death come out of your mouth. Don't let any corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for necessary edification. That's that word to build up, to edify, to strengthen. And then it says this, that you may impart grace to the hearer. Like what? What's that? Like we can actually impart grace. We can actually release a supernatural grace into people's lives through the words that we speak. And that word grace, it's actually the same word used in Acts in, uh, I forget where, but it says that great grace was upon the apostles to do signs, wonders, and miracles. It's like, it's literally like a supernatural ability to do something. So our words of encouragement, our prophetic words 
can actually release supernatural ability to do something that you couldn't do before. I've experienced this. I've had people prophesy over my life and I felt the very substance of God fill me. And next thing I know, I was ministering on a whole other level. I was prophesying over people on a whole other level through a prophetic word they gave me. It released something into me where I could do something that I couldn't do before. You know, but what if it's as simple as, you know what, I feel like, you know, this is just an example. What's your name again, bro? Josh. It could be something as simple as, Josh, I feel like God's just giving you tremendous favor. Like, there's the favor of God is on you. I don't know what it is you're, you do for work or what you're um, studying to do. I don't know if you're in university or whatever. But I see that your, God's favor and hand is going to be on you in the workplace. Whatever career it is, direction you go in, there's going to be, like, a supernatural favor. It's like in... Uh, it's like in Luke 2.52 where it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You're growing in wisdom, stature, and favor with both God and man, and it's going to manifest in the workplace. You're going to have tremendous favor in the workplace, and I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. Like I, by the way, I didn't even know I had a word for him. I was just, that was just an example, but God gave me something. But, but my point is this. I believe that if he takes that word, he's like, I really felt God on that, and he believes it he'll actually step into something that maybe he wouldn't even have stepped into unless I would have spoken it. Does that make sense? So we need to, we need to believe that our, our words are powerful. You know, um, I've shared this story, but I'm gonna share it again just because I love it, and I haven't shared it for about nine months. So, <laughs> but one of my favorite stories of the prophetic is um, uh, a group of us were in um, in. Uh, uh, Norman, Oklahoma, we were ministering at a church, had a school of ministry, and there was, uh, I was traveling with a team from Bethel Church, and there was a gentleman on our, on our team that, you know, Steve Backlund taught, and then he had a prophetic team come up, and a guy on the team said, uh, this gentleman here in the green sweater, can you stand? He had him stand, he said, what's your name? Told him his name, and began to prophesy. He said, you're a worship leader. <laughs> now, this guy didn't play guitar, he didn't sing. <laughs> he didn't think, he, was, he wasn't a worship leader at all. He's like, you're a worship leader. And he's like, kind of like, is that the guy behind me? You know, he goes, no, you're a worship leader. And I see you playing guitar and singing and ushering crowds of people into the presence of God, you know, by leading worship. And he's like, okay, you know. And, and uh, but the pastor of the church that had the school heard the word. He's like, I believe that was the Lord. And he went and he bought the young man a guitar. And he's like, you better start practicing. You know, like, I like to tell people, like, if you get a word that you're going to fill stadiums preaching the gospel, like, you should probably, like, memorize a few Bible verses. <laughs> like, you know, like, you can't just play, stay home and play Xbox. You know what I mean? You need to take steps of faith into the word that was released. So he said, okay, buys a young man a guitar. He's like, you better start practicing. He starts practicing every day. A year later, almost to the month, we go back. We minister in the school. Don't see him. Then we go to this church on a Sunday morning, several hundred people. Guess who's leading worship that morning? This same young man good. Like, you know, like it's one thing to lead worship. It's another thing to do it well, you know. <laughs> Anyways, he was like, he was like, you don't want me to lead worship, okay? But he was playing guitar, singing, ushering us into the presence of God because a gentleman released a prophetic word, released grace into his life and gave him the ability to do something that he couldn't do before. So we need to understand that our words are powerful. It's like Chris Valentin says, like our words you know, God is created in, or we're creating the image of God, right? God spoke the world into existence. 
And part of being made in the image of God means that when we speak, we can actually create. I believe that some things are gonna happen no matter what because God's sovereign. But I believe some things are only gonna happen if a son or daughter of God first declares it and co-creates with God. So we need to know that our words are powerful. Make sense? I was, uh, I was, again, I was with my friend Reward a little while ago and we were eating breakfast. We were having breakfast tacos and I came out, you know, we walked out into the parking lot and I'm saying goodbye to him and I'm like, is that your car? He goes, yeah. I go, I go, cool. He goes, but I need a new one. He's like, it's kind of breaking down and I'm gonna get, have to get a new one soon. And like out of my mouth, like I didn't hear God say, you know, prophesy. In fact, I think I might've been half kidding to be perfectly honest with you. Not, maybe not half kidding, just knowing that God's generous. I'll just put it that way. I said, I just declare somebody's gonna give you a car. I just said it just like that. And he's like, I receive it. Say goodbye. You know, forgot about it. That following Sunday, I was, I was in another part of Texas and he texts me and he goes, this is, these are his words. He goes, bro, are you from the future? <laughs> and I go, kind of, no. I, he goes, are you from the future? He said, he said, a few days ago, you said God was gonna give me a car. He said, that night somebody called me and said, hey, you've been on my mind. I'm just wondering if you need a vehicle because my wife and I just got a new one and we wanna give you our current one. Isn't that amazing? Now, I didn't hear God say, tell him I'm gonna give him a car. I just, I just think that sometimes we can flippantly say things and our words are so powerful that God's like, I can get behind that one. I can get behind that one. And he, and he can actually use our words to create worlds, okay? So everybody say, my words are powerful. And I'm called to speak life. Psalm 103, verse 20 says, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. When we speak things, I believe angels actually move to fulfill the things that we declare. That's how powerful our words are. Number four, the fourth key that I wanna share is this. Being a prophetic people means that we call people who they are before they are. It means we call people who they are before, because that's what God does. That's what God does, and it's what we're called to do. It's kind of like the gentleman that said, you're a worship leader. He called him who he was before he was, but we need to understand that God does this all through scripture. And if you have your Bibles, go with me to... Uh, Ezekiel 37, and I love to share this when I teach on the prophetic because I think it's just such a, a beautiful picture of, of what it looks like. In Ezekiel 37, uh, God takes Ezekiel into this prophetic encounter, whether it was a trance, a vision, he was actually transported, I don't know. I don't know how this worked, but he took him in the spirit, it says. And it says this in Ezekiel 37, verse one. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Now, uh, I love how God answers him or how he answers God. The safest answer you can give when God asks you a question. He says, so I answered, oh Lord God, you know. <laughs> Verse four, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded 
And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews of the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there's no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds of breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now, I love that story, but notice that Ezekiel doesn't say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I've been praying for you. You've been on my heart and I believe I have the word of the Lord for you. Are you ready? It's gonna be really encouraging. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You are really dry. <laughs> right? Like, they'd be like, thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> you know, it's like, I could have told you that. And, but this is a good example because the highest realm of the prophetic isn't just pointing out somebody's issue. It's calling somebody who they are before they are and sometimes it's even believing in somebody before they believe in themselves. Maybe it's seeing a worship leader that doesn't even know he's a worship leader, saying you're a worship leader and you're gonna lead worship and your words unlocking his destiny. I like to tell people that if somebody comes in on a Sunday and they look depressed, like it doesn't take a prophetic person to say, I saw you come in the back door and I feel like I have a word for you. Like you're depressed. <laughs> like, you're going through a really hard time. It's, they're like, thanks. <laughs> like, like, no, that's called the gift of observation. You know, that's not the gift of revelation. It's the gift of observation. But I like to tell people this. If you see somebody that looks depressed come in the back door of the church, you might see them and on the outside, you see that they're depressed. They're going through a hard time. But what about just like leaning into the Lord for them and say, God, what is it that they need to hear right now? And maybe it's calling them who they are before they are. Because see, God does this all through scripture. God has this thing about seeing people and not relating to them according to their current experience, but actually relating to them according to their destiny. See, the Father always sees us from the future. <laughs> Do you remember, you remember Kim Clement, that South African prophet? He'd be like, he's like, uh, somewhere in the future, you look much better than you look right now. <laughs> anyway, it's like, <laughs> but there's, there's something about seeing people after the spirit and calling them according to their purpose and their destiny rather than the current experience. And listen, God does this all through scripture. Remember like Genesis 17, God shows up to Abram. He's like, hey, Abram. He's like, I like you. I like you so much. I'm gonna change your name. You're no longer Abram. You are Abraham. Listen, he didn't say you're gonna be Abraham. He said, you're Abraham. And, and, and you're, you're, you're father of a multitude. <laughs> And Abraham's like, like, God, I know you're probably like pretty prophetic, but like, I don't know if you realize this, but like my wife's barren. We've been trying for a long time. Nothing's happening, <laughs> you know? And I'm really old. And it's like, it's like God ignores him. It's like, he's like, you are Abraham. You are father of a multitude. And he called him who he was before he was. And I really believe it was even calling him who he was that released the grace for him to co-labor with Sarah <laughs> and get Isaac. Joey caught that. <laughs> Everybody say, I'm called to co-labor. <laughs> if you're married, okay, co-labor. But he said, you are Abraham, you are father of a multitude. And he went on to fulfill his destiny. He does this in Judges chapter six, remember? 
like Israel's in trouble. Gideon is like so scared of their enemies that he's hiding in a wine press. The angel Lord shows up. He's like, Gideon, come here for a second. You're a mighty man of valor. He's like, God, I'm hiding right now. I'm so scared. He's like, and, if, and in case you didn't notice, like I'm the least in my family and my family is the, you know, of the least of the tribes of Israel. And, and he's like, you are a mighty man of valor. But God loves to call us who we are before we are. And what if we practice doing this with each other? What if we just practice like calling each other See, the word accountability, like we've, we've kind of like limited the word accountability to like keeping people accountable for their sins. Like, like, did you have a bad thought this week? I need to hold you accountable. We're accountability partners, you know? It's like, no, you know, to, to, to walk in accountability is to hold somebody account to their ability. And so what if we just started calling one another according to our destiny instead of according to our current issues? What if we became less of our, less issue conscious and became more destiny conscious? I believe if we became more destiny conscious, we'd actually start to fulfill our destiny. I think we'd actually start to step into it and instead of just becoming all introspective and I have this going on, I have this going on. And it's like, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't work on our issues. Just don't camp out there. Look past it because God does. God looks past him like, I know, I know that's happening, but, but listen, I'm not even too concerned about that right now. Let me just tell you who you are. Because I believe that if I tell you who you are and you actually believe who you are, all that's just going to work itself out. Because you're actually going to behave according to who I say that you are. Does that make sense? So God calls us who we are before we are. We need to call each other who we are before we are. And God does this all through scripture. In Romans uh, uh, 417, it says, Abraham believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. And let me just say this. You know, it's not, it's not like, um, it's not off limits to prophesy over yourself. <laughs> like, try it sometime. Have you ever prophesied over yourself? I had a pastor in Canada who, like, when he was feeling really discouraged, this was back when we had, like, actually had office phones and, like, landlines and, like, home, like, answering machines. Does anyone have, like, a house answering machine still? And, uh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. No, there's no judgment. I keep thinking about the time that like, I'm going to have to, like, explain to, like, my girls, like, what CDs are. Like, what's that, Daddy? Oh, those are things that we used to put in a machine and they would play music. They're like, that's crazy, <laughs> you know. But so my pastor, back when he had a home answering machine, he'd be, he'd be, like, in the church office feeling discouraged. And he would, like, he would call his home phone knowing that nobody was home to leave himself a voicemail. And he would, like, call and be like, hello, Steve? This is Steve calling. <laughs> but... He's like, I've been thinking about you on my mind, and, and, uh, and I just feel like I have a word for you. <laughs> He's like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're a great husband. You know, you're a great pastor. You're a great dad. There's going to be breakthrough. More people are going to get saved. Things are going to be okay. And he would literally start to prophesy over himself on his answering machine. He would go home, and he would play it. And, he, and he'd be like, I receive. <laughs> He's like, that's a great word, you know. But listen, sometimes we need to, 
like I like to tell people, some people are like, how come nobody ever gives me a word? Like, just maybe you need to give yourself a word sometimes. Like, maybe you just need to tell yourself, Chuck, you're going to get through this. You know, it's, it's going to be okay. Remember two years ago when you faced a similar situation and God brought you through? Like, he's, he's faithful. You're going to get through this. Like, you're, and, you know, maybe there's accusations coming at you. Maybe the enemy's lying to you. Maybe you made a mistake and the enemy's just playing on it. Maybe you might have to say out loud, like, Chuck, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You, God loves you so much. He doesn't see you according to your mistake. He sees you through the lens of the blood of Jesus. You're going to get past this. In fact, God's going to use this very thing that happened to propel you into another level because he causes all things to work together for you. Maybe it's actually saying something over yourself and believing your words are powerful and calling yourself who you are before you are. Okay, so the next thing I want to share is this, and I'll close with this. Part of becoming a prophetic people, and this is going to seem really, really obvious, but really, really important. It's kind of like if you're going to, like, so if you're going to get a word that you're going to have a healing ministry, like you can't just stay home and wait for Benny Hinn to call you. You need to step out and like actually start praying for some people. If, you're, if we're going to be a prophetic people, we need to step out and actually practice both inside and outside of the church. You know, I got, I got saved in a, in a church that was a real spirit-filled church, a lot of the prophetic, a lot of stuff like that flowing. Um, so when I, when I moved to Redding, California, to attend Bethel, it's like I was already around prophetic environments but I might have allowed my gift to just maybe get a little dull or maybe I just didn't use it a lot. See, there's a reason, you know, that Paul encouraged Timothy to stir up the gift that was imparted to you through the laying on of hands. But I went to Bethel. I was like, I want to sharpen my prophetic gift. So I made it a goal to give at least one person a word every single day. I wasn't, I wasn't being religious. I didn't think God was mad at me if I didn't do it. It was, I just wanted to develop it. I wanted to be intentional. So I was like, every day I'm gonna give at least one person a word. So I, sometimes I would forget about it. I would go through the school day and then maybe it's toward the end of the day and it's like, oh yeah, I wanna give somebody a word. So I would just kind of scan the room and I'd be like, okay, God, who do you have a word for? Excuse me. And uh, maybe he would highlight somebody to me and I would just, go, and I would ask the Lord what he wants to say and I'd go up and I would just begin to prophesy and I would feel just my gift being strengthened and it just kind of bubbling up again and me sharpening that gift. And, 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 and to this day, I, I need to remind myself, but I try to be intentional, not just when I'm ministry, not just when I'm traveling, but like I, I try to practice and sharpen my prophetic gift, not just inside, but outside of the church as well. So I want to encourage you, every time we come together, look for somebody to give a word of encouragement to you. Try it on yourself. If it's encouraging, submit it to somebody else. But let me just say this. The prophetic works just as well outside of the church as it does inside the church. And I want to encourage you, don't, don't wrap weird language around it. Don't be weird. Don't be, like, I just, I try to be as normal as can be. And, and by the way, if you feel nervous, just look not nervous. Because if you look nervous, they're going to be nervous too. <laughs> I, I promise you, I feel nervous still. I still feel, you know, timid at times, but you would not know it because I will. And by the way, this is a key. You can actually act confident by faith and you'll actually step into confidence. It's not faking it until you make it. It's called faith. And, and I'll like, I'll see somebody and I'll like feel like I have a word for them. And sometimes I might not even know what I'm going to say until I approach them. You know, I'll just walk up to them and say, hey, and this is what I know to say. <laughs> I know to say my opening line, which is, hey, my name's Chuck, and I'm a Christian. Sometimes God gives me a word of encouragement for you. I feel like I have one for you. Is it okay if I share it? I'm telling you, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they say yes. 
Sometimes they're humoring me, but I don't care. You know, I'll work with that, you know. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, I shared this, but for the, for, the sake of, for the sake of what I'm talking about, I want to share. I was at Zoe's with, my, with Anna and the girls just a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and, and um, we're eating our lunch, and I see two ladies in military uniforms, and uh, I just felt like I had a word. And for me, it can just, it just starts to stir in me. I, actually, do you, know how, do you know how I know God's calling me? I actually start to feel nervous. For me, it's just how it happens. I walk into a store and I start to feel nervous. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I have to prophesy over somebody. <laughs> That's how, honestly, I'm just, can I be transparent and real? That's how I get it. I'll walk into a coffee shop and I'll feel, I'll feel like a combination of the presence of the Holy Spirit and my nerves. And I'm like, but, but I don't, but you can't tell it by looking at me on the outside. And I was like, okay, I have a word for them or one of them. And I'm like, we're eating our lunch. So I get up to get a refill. I see them going for the back door. So I'm like, okay, I need to catch them. I walk up to them and I'm like, excuse me. And they say, yeah. I said, you know, I'm just having lunch with my, uh, with my wife and girls. And uh, I'm a Christian. Sometimes God gives me a word of encouragement. I feel like I had one for you. Is it okay if I share it? They looked at each other. And then they looked at me and they said, yeah. And I start to share with one of them. And I say, hey, I, there's, there's a situation going on with your family and it's really heavy on your heart. The Lord wants you to know that he's working it out. He's, he's working behind the scenes and you're gonna see breakthrough and you're gonna see restoration. Now, I'm, there's two of them and I'm giving the word to this girl, but I missed a little bit because it was actually for this one. <laughs> and I'm sharing it for her and that this one starts weeping right there on Zoe's. Literally, she's just, she's crying and she's apologizing. She's like, I'm so sorry. She said, we were just talking about that very thing at the table just before we got up and walked over here. And I'm like, well, God, God is just telling you it's going to be all right. He's working it out. And I encouraged her. And I said, can I pray for you? She's like, sure. So we're like having a prayer time, like right there at the Zoe's like entrance. And like, she's like, can I give you a hug? I'm like, absolutely. So I'm like, I'm giving her a hug. And they're both hugging me. And Anna's probably like, doesn't even know where I am. So, <laughs> but listen, we can do this everywhere we go. We can do it in the workplace. We can do it in our schools. We can do it in our neighborhood. And again, just... Be normal, but be confident and believe that your words are powerful. So let's just all stand for a minute where we are. I'm going to have you sit down again in a second. And just in, just in closing, let me just summarize these real quick. We're called to be a prophetic people. We're all called to prophesy. And we develop that by desiring prophecy, being encouraging people, believing our words are powerful calling people who they are before they are and practicing both inside and outside of the church. If you want that, if you wanna step into and be intentional about flowing in the prophetic, uh, I just want you to put your hand over your heart. Father, I just pray for every single person that's here. I pray, Lord, that you would, even as uh, Paul exhorted Timothy, that you would stir up the gifts of prophecy. Lord, those that already have received the gift of of prophecy and moving in the prophetic, I pray that you would stir it up to do it even more. I pray that you would release a, a holy conviction and a calling to release words of life, both in this house, in their family, in the workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our coffee shops, that you would just raise up a prophetic company that speaks life everywhere we go. And Lord, uh, those that those that have never done it before and maybe feel terrified but called, I pray that you'd release a holy confidence and a boldness all over the room. That would be a prophetic people that speak life everywhere we go. I pray that, Lord, something would be unlocked even tonight, that we would all leave with an impartation and an anointing 
and a desire to step out and prophesy and that this week we would hear testimonies of people receiving words from you that unlock destinies, that bring encouragement, edification, and comfort. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Let's just thank the Lord tonight. Bless you. And listen, I went a little bit longer than I, than I wanted to. I'm going to have everybody grab a seat real quick. If you need to slip out, you can. But I'm going to ask Diane, Sarah, and Paula to come on up. I asked these ladies to just come on up and demonstrate a little bit. They're going to prophesy over a few of you. Can we just welcome them as they come up? And what they're going to do is uh, they're going to, they're going to like just... As, as, they as, as uh, somebody's highlighted them, they're just gonna ask you to stand, ask their name, and they're gonna release a word over you, okay? And listen, they're submitting these words to you. So these are words for you to take to the Lord, to pray about, and uh, way before him. So. so Jesus, we just thank you that they have words from you to share in people's lives in Jesus' name, amen. All right, go for it. <laughs> okay. Ma'am, in the green jacket. With the glasses on, yes, ma'am, you. Um, so I actually saw you doing worship. What's her name? Oh, yeah, what's your name? <laughs> Heather, I'm Sarah. Go ahead and stand up, Heather. Oh, sorry. I saw you doing worship, and there was this moment in the song that Jesus highlighted you, and you're the only person who had your arms raised, and everybody else had their arms down, and I feel like Jesus was saying that you've been in a season of standing when nobody else has been standing, and I saw Jesus bringing community around you to rally around you in this next season, that you're not alone anymore, and I saw you having radical encounters with the presence of God, and I saw Jesus, like there's, I think there's only one time in the Bible where Jesus actually stands, and it's when Stephen is being stoned, and Jesus actually stands to honor Stephen in that moment and I saw Jesus standing and honoring you and the way that you carried yourself in this season it's just such a place of pride and respect from the heart of the father that you've done so well and that he's going to meet you in this place in new strength and new pride and new beauty and I just see you walking in grace and joy like every place that oh there's a song like by Amanda Cook and it's you don't miss a thing and in that song there's this verse that says like when you stand I feel the floor of heaven tremble and I feel like that's also attached to Jesus standing and honoring you that like everything around you is shaking and breaking but it's actually releasing joy like there's been a concrete over your life, I feel like, and I see like the breaking and the shaking. It's actually releasing like the wellspring and fountains and like every place that there's been a crack, you're going to step and you're going to be expecting that off balance or that like that shift, but it's actually just going to be a fountain of joy. So I just release joy and just like pleasure of God over you that you haven't messed up and that you haven't missed it, but that it's real and that Jesus is so delighted in who you are and the way that you've carried yourself. And so I just bless you with rest just to receive the grace and the pride of the father because there's just a light in his eyes over you um and he's just super proud of you so just bless you with that in jesus amen name. so good ma'am over here in the orange with the flowers right here yes could you stand up what's your name oh sorry it was, <laughs> sorry it was for angela We'll ask the Lord for another word for you. Do you want to stand up, Angela? Okay. First, I saw this picture of this rocky uphill climb, and then I saw God took you into a flat, wide open space. And I saw the word reformation written over you, that you're a reformer. That God's gifted you with the ability and the heart to improve social systems. 
The Lord has brought restoration and reformation over your household, over your family, and he's extending the borders to others for laws and systems. You're a change agent. You're a change agent, the Lord says. He's anointed you to make a difference, and he's seen your faithfulness. You've been such a good mom, and I feel like there's somebody in your family that's still bound, and and the Lord is going to show his faithfulness to that one. There is complete and total freedom coming, and, um, and he's just seen your heart and your prayer and that that's on the way. Bless you. So I was walking uh, through the hall and there was a group of you guys back over and I kept hearing this song that comes from Isaiah 61 and it's, it's this group of you guys and it was the spirit of the sovereign Wait, Lord. Wait, what, what group? What group? I don't, they were just all standing together, you guys. Have um, them stand, Diane, so we can we see you there. stand up? Okay, we'll stand up. <laughs> um, I used to work uh, in, in, the, in the inner city, and um, I just kept hearing the song that we used to sing, and it was, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to pro- proclaim good news to the poor, and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to release darkness from, for the prisoners. And I just kept feeling like that y'all do that. He's called you to do that. He's giving you favor to do that. I see you going into the highways and the byways because the Lord, you said, Lord, will you send me? And you, and, and, and he said, he's like, I will send you and I will make a path for you in the dark places. And I will give you anointing. I will give you words of prophetic that will break open the hearts of men that he's going to give you a healing ministry. There's just so much ahead of you guys because you have done the small things to the least of these. And I felt like the Lord said, see if I will not open up the doors, see if I will not take you into all the byways and the highways and show you and proclaim to you those that are on his heart. And I bless you guys to, to, in the prophetic, I just bless a new anointing in the prophetic that you would have words of knowledge and wisdom that would bring freedom to captives, that you would be able to use your hearts of compassion to overwhelm those who have never known compassion. And I bless you guys. I bless the anointing of God. And, 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 and two, I, I just feel like to the Lord wants you to know that he loves that you have sacrificed. You have, you have, you, all you, you have sacrificed. And because of your sacrifice, see if he will not spend you. Come on. So good. Listen, so, some of you, some of you know the gains, uh, and, um, but Diane didn't know this, and I just had lunch with Josh and Tiffany. They have an they have a extremely powerful uh, inner city ministry in the south part of San Antonio, and they're doing the very thing that Diane just prophesied. Can we just thank Jesus for that? That's so cool. Okay, listen, if you need, if you need to slip out, you can do that and go get your kids, but we're going we're gonna to fire off um, like two more quick ones. Erica? Erica, hi. 
I saw this picture of the Lord just coming and like pulling you up and raising you up. And I feel like he said that he is breathing new life and resurrecting things in your life that you thought were buried, that you thought were dead, that you thought just were dormant or maybe not going to come back. But he's breathing new life on those things. And even the prophetic, there's going to be this resurgence of the prophetic in your life that is just going to be more powerful than you've walked. And it's going to be so surprising and incredible. So it's time to dream with him again. I even see the creative arts just blossoming in your life. And I know that you feel like that's, you know, your husband's area, but really God's saying, no, there, there's a whole new area in the creative arts that he wants to open up to you. And he's got his hand on that. And then do you have a sister? Um, I felt like the Lord was saying that your sister is turning this new corner of faith. And I saw just many children coming forth in her life. So I just bless you with that. Wow. So good. Um, sir, in the blue shirt, Diane told me your name was Jeff. <laughs> I got a word. <laughs> Sorry. Sir, standing in the door. Jeff Buchanan. Yes. <laughs> He's coming okay. to the other door. Oh. There he is. Come yes, on in, Jeff. Right I saw you sitting over in the back um, just a few minutes ago, and I actually saw you with, like, this huge bag of gifts on your shoulder, um, and I felt like Jesus was saying that, like, you're a really, really good gift giver, but that in this season, like, God is about to just give you so many gifts, um, and I just saw you, like, walking in all of these different areas and just, like, gifts and gifts and gifts, and, like, I just feel like the favor of God is about to just come on your life in ways that you haven't experienced before, and, like, I just hear the verse from Isaiah where it says he's going to give you riches that have been stored um, in the dark places. And it's like the places that have been hidden and the places that have been disclosed, you're actually, you have an anointing to unlock those places, um, not only in your own life, but also for others. And I see it being an abundance and like there's abundance of, yeah, there's just an abundance in everything that you're going to be walking in because it's not just for you. Like I see you as a conduit and God's like raising you up into new places of authority where you're going to actually be able to distribute those gifts. Um, maybe even from like a pastoral place. Like I feel like you have a super pastoral heart and I just see Jesus like bringing around even young men in this next season to be able to pour out into them from what you've been receiving and what you're going to receive in your secret place. So I just bless your intimacy with Jesus and the riches that come out of that in this next season because um, it's going to be really, really sweet. Sweet. One more. Okay. So, Peter, during worship, the Lord talked to me about you. Peter, stand up. Sorry. And um, he kept ta saying roads, roads, roads. And I was like, okay, Lord. And what I saw was I felt like your dad, I know in the natural that your dad paved roads for you. <laughs> and I felt like that you thought those roads were horizontal. <laughs> but I felt like the Lord said, no, no, no. Those roads are vertical. And he's given you an ability because you were mentored by one of the best of the best, the man who is after the heart of God. And I feel like in the days ahead, you're going to start going from earth into heavenly places and grabbing things and bringing them back to the earth because God has a need for that kind of ministry. And you're prepared for it. You're ready for it. He's, he's stoked the fire in you. He's pruned you. And not that that won't happen again because it, it does for all of us, but I just see new days coming to you where you go up and you get peace 
pieces of body parts or words or whatever it is, and you bring them back to earth. And it's because it gives God great pleasure to do that because you've been such a faithful, humble, humble servant. Amen. Come on. So good. Can I see that for a minute? Am I on still? Yeah, I'm still on. Hey, we, we, need, we, need, to, we need to wrap up because some of you get your kids. We're going to, some night we'll do a lot more prophetic ministry. Can we give them a hand and just thank the Lord too? Listen, if you're, if you're like visiting tonight or you're new to our, like just, you know, new to our environment and haven't got prophetic ministry yet, go back there and see Katie. Um, we're going to have prophetic teams ready to do that. And listen, let me encourage you. We're not going to make anybody do this, but if you want a word tonight, Go to one of your friends and say, hey, do you think you might have a word for me? Pray for me. Do you think you might have? And practice on each other. Give, your, give each other a word, a word of encouragement. Besides that, God bless you guys. Don't forget to get your kids. We'll see you throughout the week.